This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. The UK's budget was unveiled by Philip Hammond, the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer yesterday. Did it signal the end of austerity? On the telephone now is Russell Silverstone, Head of Multi-Asset Absolute Return at Investec Asset Management in London. Russell, it's being hailed as the end of austerity, but it also seems to me that it's a little bit cheeky in that it probably has a political motive even more than previous years. Uh, hello there, Lizzie. We've, we've asked about, I think all budgets tend to be quite political, and the political angle of this was foretold at the Conservative Party conference last month when um, Theresa May, the PM, basically said, we are coming to the end of austerity. And the term itself is one of those very sort of emotional words, meaning different things to different people. And there is no doubt that somewhat fortuitously, the Chancellor has increased spending. But he's been, uh, I say fortuitously, because he's been quite lucky because what's actually happened is despite pretty low economic growth forecasts and obviously the cloud of a possible hard Brexit on the horizon, the fiscal watchdog in the UK, which is called the Office for Budget Responsibility, has, has somewhat luckily found um, an extra £13 billion pounds, yes. um, as has changed some of his assumptions and that's really enabled him to increase spending, particularly on the um, National Health Service, which here in the UK is I personally think is one of the closest things to a, a religion we have. Yes, indeed. I mean, when it comes to the fiscus, the what the fiscal environment giveth, Mr. Hammond has given away, or Chancellor Hammond has given away. It is, in many people's minds, a good budget, because the first thing that the man and woman in the street normally looks at is what he's done, or she has done in the past, to um, income tax cuts. And they have been brought forward, apparently, to 2019, again, politically charged. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, yes. So the amount you can earn tax-free um, has been risen, and also the threshold for the higher rate of tax has also been increased. So actually, literally across the spectrum, people are modestly better off. So yeah, it, it, it's undoubtedly a political budget. But the first thing I always look at in, in any any budget anywhere in the world, in fact, is, is you know what are the underlying assumptions behind this? Because obviously, if those underlying growth assumptions are wrong, you know, receipts turn out to be wrong, expenditure turns out to be higher than expected and the whole thing falls apart so you know if you've actually looked it in those in terms actually the, the economic forecasts are actually pretty modest actually I'm not looking for particularly sort of high growth going forward and somewhere in the region of sort of one and a half percent or so but what's actually happened is that the fiscal watchdog has said that the sort of sustainable rate of employment and therefore unemployment in the UK is much lower than they expected and therefore their expected receipts from taxation are therefore higher. So yes, we can spend a little bit more. It's also held out the promise of, of a sort of a Brexit dividend mm. if we actually manage to sort of get a decent withdrawal deal and a future trading arrangement uh, in, through, 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 through the political process. So a Brexit dividend rather than a Brexit slush fund in case the costs of doing business in the United Kingdom, whether it be because of the queues at the ports or or whatever, there's there's no sort of emergency fund to cushion the blow as the transition takes place. 
Oh, there is. There is. I mean, it's around just over four billion pounds. I mean, we sort of pan these numbers around, but yeah, four, four billion pounds, quite frankly, is a, a drop in the ocean, unfortunately. Mm. You know, public sector spending is in the region of 280 billion. So it's not a, it's not a massive amount of money, but yes, it does have some. But, you know, it was very political. It, it's jammed tomorrow. And, you know, part of the sort of political package was, I think, even talking to his own MPs in, in, in his own party saying, you know, we cannot afford to sort of crash out of the EU with no deal because the sort of promised extra funding, because this is largely backloaded, by the way, um, is just not going to come through. So there was a strong political message there as well. You know, let's get a decent Brexit deal um, and actually things might look even better as we expect actually we should see growth pick up if we get a decent deal. Before we have a look at the markets and what it might mean for investments in the future, let's have a look at the NHS. I think the figure that I saw was £20.5 billion in real-term increases in funding to what you called a religion, and of course incredibly, incredibly important and, and a very emotive subject whenever NHS comes up. It seems like he has bowed to years and years of a criticism of the Tory party and its attitude towards the NHS. Yeah, and you know, it's hard to avoid politics here. I, I personally think that's slightly unfair because NHS spending has been protected in real terms. But what's really happened in the UK over recent years, of course, is the population's grown. So in 2007-8, the population was 61.5 million. By um, fiscal 18-19, it was 66 million. So that's another 5 million people. So, you know, of course, you know, the spending per capita has gone down. And, and of course, that's what people experience. So it's yes. understandable why people see that. And of course, the population's getting older and, and it's older people that really experience it at the front line. So yeah, it is one of the largest public spending items we have. And he's really increasing it quite substantially. I say 80% of the funding has, has uh, 80% of the extra money has gone towards the NHS. So it is very political in, in that respect. But I don't think anyone is either surprised or begrudges that. I mean, it's a three point four percent re-increase which is which is pretty reasonable what did you and your team at investec asset management in london think of it when it started to unfold did you immediately start licking your lips rubbing your hands together and say well actually we've got to tweak our portfolios a little bit or was it steady as she goes I think I will separate the sort of macroeconomic and market impacts versus the, the, the sort of political impacts. And, you know, the latter, this was, this was all about the latter. It was, it was purely political from a, from a macroeconomic forecast perspective. It, it changes very little. Um, one, because most of the spending is backloaded and because of that. The uncertainty over sort of three or four years is massive. Where you might see a specific market interaction is very much at the micro level. So things like house builders on a sort of government scheme called Help to Buy, but actually, you know, sterling and um, the government bond market, the yield market, were, were largely unchanged because looking forward, this is all going to fall apart if we don't get a deal literally in the next couple of months. So the market sort of, I would say, was sort of reserving judgment on this. It all looks fine, you know, it all looks fine and dandy, but let's see what happens on Brexit. And, and, and that's really what we are focusing on. And, you know, it's great that we've revised away some of, some of the problems we've had and, and actually receipts look, look, look better and people are going to be marginally better off. Uh, but ultimately, there's a very dark cloud on the horizon that needs to pass, I think, before people will perhaps become a little bit more confident. Yes, given what you've just said about waiting and see what happens with Brexit, is probably my next question, my final question, is a little bit puerile. But what are you doing at the moment? I mean, how are you extracting wealth from uh, the UK market, whether it be gilts or whether it be the sterling or the equity market? What yeah. is your attitude? 
Yeah, our view is that there's a pretty big risk premium priced into the market for Brexit, a hard Brexit this is, and we think that's probably overdone. So in reality, we think there's probably a 10% probability of the UK crashing out of the EU without a deal. As betting markets, market expectations are more bearish than that. So the way we've planned it is actually looking to sell guilds, so we're looking for yields to rise, because globally, something else that's going on globally is central banks are looking to slowly but surely escape ultra-easy monetary policy. And of course, we can see the ramifications of that in global markets. So if we look at what equities have done over the last month or so, people have been realizing that the, the prop that markets have had over the last few years um, are, are beginning to take it away. And the Bank of England are in exactly the same camp. They're looking to raise rates, and therefore our bias is to be shorter gilts, underweight gilts, looking for the yields to rise, because we think, one, that's the sort of path of least resistance from central banks, two, the market is is underestimating the chance that we actually reach a deal, and exactly the same in sterling as well. So we, we're dip buyers in sterling, and you know, would also be favourably looking for opportunities in the equity market as well. So, so you know, actually um, uncharacteristically positive for me, but there is a lot of uncertainties, but we think those sort of uncertainties are probably mispriced at the moment. Good. Russell, thank you very much for your analysis. That was Russell Silberston, Head of Multi-Asset Absolute Return and Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.